0: Welcome to Breezeline, where you'll say, ta-ta, T-Mobile. Our home internet
1: is just plain better, more reliable and faster because we put internet first. If there's network congestion, we won't slow your internet down like T-Mobile does to help their sell customers. And right now, you can try out a true internet experience with Breezeline's reliable and fast fiber-powered home internet. Find your perfect speed with prices starting at $19.99 a month for 24 months. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Breezeline.com to learn more. So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll Up to Win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus. Enter by 4223. See rules at RollUpToWin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited.
2: Are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to layeredsuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code Doctor D at checkout to save fifteen percent off your purchase today ready for the interview and if you get a cue live on a laptop watch what i'm gonna do welcome to the show let them know we got a point of view hey yo let's have a combo say what you feel be real that's the motto real talk pronto dr dbhd hit an intro hold up wait gotta be social network global a home for the local. gotta uh, be social network global boy home for the local. you know i love that uh Often before I hit the record button, that's when it really starts all oh, the conversation ahead of time. Margie, thanks for being on. I really appreciate it.
0: It's my pleasure.
2: So, you know, before we dive into public speaking for yoga, instructors and different things, I wanted to continue with that conversation we we're having about talking about yoga as more than just kind of the physical aspect of it. Now, you appreciated that. Uh, I've been covering a lot of that, you know.
0: Absolutely. Yoga is so much more than we sometimes view it as in the West, in the United States. It's, um, you know, it's wonderful physical practice, but it's so much more. And we'll talk today about one of the ways that yoga can offer so much more than just a workout.
2: Yeah, I think that, um, you know, I had a couple episodes kind of like Western, the Westernization of yoga and how, you know, it's really gone into a lot of gyms and things. It's just been basically has nothing to do with the spiritual practice of yoga Absolutely. it's just exercise and I, I i i grapple with that how do you feel about that
0: well i try to be yogic about it and offer no <laughs> judgment i mean What's exciting to me is to share with my students and with the clients who I coach as speakers, how yoga can offer so much more. I know there's a lot of conversation in the West right now around breath and breath work, and a lot of that, so much of it has been lifted from a yogic tradition. And so it's actually exciting to me that people are beginning to understand what breath can offer and when it's credited, people understand that this is a yogic practice. Um, I don't I don't need it to always be credited, but I love that people are beginning to um, to just basically experience and discover more of the aspects of yoga and uh, in my practice. And we'll talk about this. It's not just breath. It's not just meditation. It's not just movement. It's an integrated practice that brings in all three of those and eventually more. Um, But no judgment for people who want to go to the gym and sweat and do, you know, a 90 minute vinyasa.
2: Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. Do you feel like um, I mean, yoga has been around literally. I mean, it's an ancient practice, but do you feel like in our current society, yoga is having somewhat of a renaissance or more people are talking about it and practicing?
0: Yes, and for absolutely many reasons. First of all, it offers a fantastic physical practice. Many people come to yoga as I did. Um, You know, I have a very high powered career that we'll talk about a little bit that involves traveling to these intense events, you know, events with 10,000 people in the audience. And I'm working with people who are going to go on stage and speak to those people. So I come from these intense environments. And 20 years ago, you would have found me seeing yoga as a Saturday morning thing to do to hit the off switch. So yoga offers a fantastic antidote and alternative to the sort of anxious, um, intense work week that many people experience. So for me, um, like many people, I came to the physical practice, but began to discover that, oh, my goodness, I'm getting so much more. I'm becoming more self-aware. I'm finding ways to regulate my nervous system, not only during this you know, hour long 90 minute practice, but in the middle of the week, little ideas from yoga are coming into how I bring myself into situations. So what I love is that many people are discovering that it is not just a, um, a physical practice, but a mind body discipline that can change your whole life.
2: I mean, what do you attribute to kind of the inc- the increased or resurgence? I mean, yoga has been always been around, but like, why is there a, a, maybe a, a bigger interest now than maybe there has been recently?
0: Well, our, you know, in the U.S., we expect people to leave it all at work and to come to work and enter these very kind of anxiety inducing situations the politics just the amount of work i mean we we really work people hard in our society and i think that more and more people and younger people people my age really need some way to hit the the pause button so it's it's as much out of need as out of um, yoga, yoga doesn't really need to promote itself. Once people right. come to the right kind of class or the right kind of teacher, we've got them, and they're you know it's it's just I love seeing people uh, walk the path that I walked and say like oh this isn't just a once a week thing for me. This is something that can help me all week long. So I think that absolutely, there's been a broader awareness. There's been a lot of promotion of different kinds of yoga. So if you asked. 10 people what yoga is, you might get 10 ideas like I I so often hear from people. We're like, oh, you're a yoga teacher now. I wish I could do yoga, but I'm not flexible enough. And I love having that conversation because come to one of my classes and you'll find out that you can come with almost any sort of a body and do this practice and get something from it. You'll find that people think it's hot and sweaty and my classes are not hot and sweaty. or that people think, oh, I'm just gonna do breath work and don't understand that a physical practice can really um, integrate the mind-body connection with the breath work. So I don't know, you know exactly why everyone is finding yoga now. I'm happy, you're right, it is increasing. I mean, I see the charts and the um, participation. I think our aging society has something to do with this too. I have a lot of students who are in their 40s and beyond who did CrossFit, who ran marathons and some of them might still be doing some of that. It's not necessarily mutually exclusive, but many people are finding that being kinder to our bodies, doing something that offers flexibility and strength, but not while taxing our joints so much that we won't be able to do it anymore. I think the aging society is going to be very welcoming to um, what yoga has to offer.
2: You know, and I'll, I'll add to that too. I mean, just in all of my discussions and my experience with yoga and hiring instructors, and my long tenure with all this stuff, is just think it 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 gravitates towards something bigger than yourself, whether it's yoga or meditation. We're seeing, I feel my personal experience that a lot of people are searching for something bigger or larger. Than just their current situation, and you know, in a sense, it's a it's an inward and outward search beyond yourself, and Absolutely. that is, I think, very what, interesting to me.
0: Oh, it should be because it's it's what it's the big idea. I mean, when you get that and you realize this isn't just a workout. It has so much to offer, not only us as individuals, but our society. I mean, something this isn't my quote, but I've heard other teachers say it. And I agree wholeheartedly that if more people did yoga, our society would be healthier, we would be healthier as a, you know, and I don't mean just like living longer or being able to lift heavy things. Those are great. But I mean, um, caring for each other, caring for ourselves, being I wish that every kid in third grade, fourth grade learned breathing techniques as almost a kind of breath hygiene, like how can I take care of myself in a moment when I need something more, Um, whether it's to calm down or to just back up from a situation. So what what clicked for me and it was many years ago, but was when I realized that by doing yoga, I was gaining the ability to just become a little more self-aware. Um, self-aware without judgment. So in the Kripalu tradition where I trained, the uh, Swami Kripalu's probably most famous quote was, self-observation without judgment mm. is the highest form of spiritual practice. And it's funny because I, one of the classes I teach is at a Presbyterian church's community yeah. center, so I'm always a little wary of talking about spiritual practices, but they're, they're super welcoming. It's, it's cool. But The idea is, and you don't have to, there's not really a a deity involved necessarily, but it's about understanding that when we observe ourselves with kindness, we begin to observe others with kindness. The biggest idea of all is that once you start observing and not just getting caught up in a mood, a thought, you know, a reaction you gain the ability to choose how you will react. And so um, the the other quote I love to share in yoga classes is um, between stimulus and response, Mm -hmm. there's a space and in that space we have a choice. And this is where the key to our happiness lies. That's a paraphrase, but basically the idea that once you realize that when something happens that you're about to react to, you can slow things down a little and you can say, How do I wanna, how do I wanna come to this moment? How do I wanna be? Or just oh, notice that, oh, I'm feeling a little, you know, triggered by something someone said, or I'm feeling a little angry. Maybe I can just notice that and not do anything about it. Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah. I mean, that's freedom. That's that's freedom. <laughs>
2: And what's interesting is the discussion kind of the parallel discussion between spirituality and religion like you had mentioned at the presbyterian place and i always notice when i talked to people about this there's kind of a tiptoeing
0: mm. around
2: it and i often uh as someone who's had very positive experience with religion spirituality i'm always curious of that tiptoeing and why that is um yeah th- what do well, you think coming- that in your your your, uh, your point of view
0: it's it's complicated. Um, I went to 12 years of Catholic school and don't practice uh, Catholicism. <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I have a kind of a more um, individual kind of spirituality these days. So I am very aware that people you know, we all bring our own experiences yeah. into a class and language matters so much. And I try to use language that's inclusive and that makes the ideas accessible. So the minute you use a word like spiritual, Um, you just have to be really careful not to cause people to put up a barrier. And of Mm. course, people are going to have their own interpretations anyway, but it's definitely based on those histories and then even yoga itself. I mean, it comes from the same, the same roots of Hinduism. Right. And then if you look at, I'd love, there's a chart out there somewhere. I wish I had it to share with you, but it looks like spaghetti. If you look at where yoga (laughs) meditation, Buddhism, all of these different practices sort of evolved in um, Southeast Asia over thousands of years. And some of them, you would say, are very spiritual. Some of them are much more practical. One of the uh, best meditation teachers out there today, Sam Harris, is an atheist. So it's There's room for everyone in this uh, practice, and there's no need to make it necessarily, I think, loaded with the word spirituality in the way that that word is loaded for some people.
2: Yeah, I I think there's been um, a lot of trauma for people uh, with that, and so they come in kind of tight related to it. But I, I always think that it's good to acknowledge that it's not all bad. You know, and it's like, and I think sometimes that's the assumption of, you know, you're that's, this is a bad connotation to it, but all things are possible within a spectrum within that. Right. And there's positive experiences too, but there's, there's also negative experiences in yoga (laughs) that people have had. It's not like everything's positive one way or negative in another direction. There's a, a spectrum of things that can happen in all these things, you know?
0: And I tell people you can interpret that word however it means to you. It can be yeah. your own personal ethics, it can be just your practice. It doesn't have to be affiliated with any uh, theology.
2: Right. Let's move into uh, which I thought was very interesting the public speaking aspect and yoga. How did this start coming together? For you? So
0: it's basically my history. I have been a creative director, speech writer, and speaking coach for large events for almost 30 years now. And I got into that industry kind of accidentally. It's, it's an industry, large event production that most people don't know about. But if you're a, a writer, a creative, um, it's a great opportunity to use those skills and be paid well for them. I've also taught writing at the college level. Um, and what I, what I discovered over the years, I talked about the intensity of these events uh, as a speech writer and then helping people bring themselves to stage as a speaker coach, the thing that I noticed over time was that, the, you know, we could have great slides, we could have a fantastic script, a fantastic message plan, a welcoming audience, but the single biggest challenge that my speakers often have to overcome is their own nervous system. And I don't know if you've ever experienced butterflies. Some people don't, most people do. And one of the first things that I help speakers understand is it doesn't matter how experienced you are. It doesn't mean that, you know, it's not a matter of shame. This is just a very natural reaction to getting in front of an audience, whether it's a small group, Uh, some people, you know, can go into a group of three people and feel this. Other people are cool getting on stage in front of hundreds or thousands. Most people will experience what I could call excess energy to take the the shame out of it. It's just this natural nervous system reaction that occurs and it exhibits in a lot of ways. I mean, you've heard like fight or flight, people freezing up. The freezing is pretty rare. Yeah, it's usually people will either I can I can see it physically, like you can see redness, you know, um, on their face or chest. You can see sweating; those the very obvious things. Um, people will say, "I feel kind of like butterflies." More often, it affects voice. Um, I often know when speakers are nervous, even when they haven't acknowledged it to themselves. So, what I did was over the years, using my own yoga practice as um, you know as insight into this, I would do things to help speakers bring a more calm and centered self to stage. And it started as just, well, there's a lot of, I would call it um, kind of neur- neuron mirroring. Like I bring a very calm energy. And I found that, I talk about a choice, you know, coming into a backstage setting where you've got all these people on their headsets saying, where's the speaker? And we don't have the slides and there's something wrong with the video. and When I bring a speaker into that setting and they're going to be announced to stage in a few minutes, one thing that I can do is really create a bubble of calm around them. And I will speak to the people who are going, you know, the producers who are going to be um, involved in this and make sure they know that we want to make sure that this executive, this speaker, this guest feels very comfortable. I'll use my voice, you know, you'll hear me using my voice to calm people down. And over time, I began bringing breath techniques from my yoga practice to speakers directly. So not saying I'm a yoga teacher, but saying I have a couple of breath techniques that can really help in case you're feeling nervous. Would you like to try them? So I started incorporating yogic breath into my um, speaker coaching practice just informally. Then I became a yoga teacher in part so that I could do this um, confidently and with all due diligence, like I wanted to learn more. And it, be, it made me a very avid student of all of this, of the nervous system and what's going on in the vagus nerve and the yeah. diaphragm and all of these things. And then I will add one more element that's kind of a little wild sidecar to this. But my dad uh, was trained as an opera singer. It wasn't his job. He was a sheet metal worker. But he sang all his life and he would always tell us these little bits of wisdom about don't speak from up here, you need to use your diaphragm. And a lot of this I was just like, Dad, you know, I don't (laughs) care about that. And it's amazing how much of those little nuggets allowed me to, to go down a path and say, what are what exactly are singers doing and how do they use their instruments? So I incorporated all of this into what ultimately became the book um, and the course, Yoga for Public Speaking, so that speakers who've tried all of these different things and who still feel nervous have a set of tools and techniques they can use. So it's some breath, some movement, and some simple meditations, the kind you can do, you know, even while you're sitting and waiting to be introduced, like where do you take your mind? Uh, and, and they work. I mean, I have speakers who are like, oh my gosh, that was the missing ingredient. And it's amazing how um, how powerful just changing the conversation between your body and your mind uh, can be, and I'll get into that in just a minute. But yeah, that's basically where it came from. And more and more, I love bringing these practices and saying, like, let's let's lead with the yoga for public speaking, and then we'll talk about your slides.
2: So typically, who are you working with in terms of public speakers uh, with this yeah. practice?
0: this it it ranges a lot. so right now I'm working with a CEO of a corporation you would recognize, but mm-hmm. I'm under an NDA as you might imagine I had signed a non-disclosure on pretty much every project I work on. I'm working with a woman who is um, at a point where she's really elevating in her career and has been asked to be the keynote speaker at an association and she's like it it's funny some speakers are more much more upfront about like I'm super nervous and I don't know what to do and yeah. like we got you, you know, Um, I work with often I'm hired by production companies to come in as a creative director or um, speaker coach for events where there might be a dozen speakers. So we don't really know when until they come in, like how prepared people will be. Um, And in those cases, they don't know that I'm a yoga teacher. I just am bringing in the breath breath techniques as kind of the stealth uh, bonus for them as the speaker coach for the, the, the event in general.
2: Have you ever tech applied- events? Tech events? Yeah, no. I yeah, was tech say events, like-
0: product launches, big healthcare yeah. companies. Mostly, mostly private events because that's just where most events happen. Or you know, three thousand people, but they're all internal. But also public events, um, events that you would go to Vegas and sit in a ballroom with ten thousand people sure. and, and hear from uh, uh, people across industries.
2: What about for people in the, uh, like yoga professionals, instructors, has that ever been in a, a lane for you?
0: I have thought about offering this and have not yet, but it is basically, it's one of the ideas that is definitely percolating. I have a sister who is also a yoga teacher. She actually teaches in uh, Canada in French, which I think is pretty cool. And she and I have batted this around because um, I came to teaching yoga after a long career as a you know public speaking coach, college teacher. So this set of skills of talking to people uh, for money is already in place. But a lot of yoga teachers who love yoga, but are newer to any notion of getting up in front of a group I know could use this. So it's something I think about because I have a lot of opinions, as you might imagine, <laughs> about what not to do and, and how to be your best. I mean, there's no one right way yeah. to do the yoga class, but certainly I travel and I love taking yoga classes everywhere I go. I'm like a yoga tourist, you know? A yoga tourist. And I often will be like...
1: (laughs) (laughs) So how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll up to win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus enter by 4223. See rules at RollUpToWin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited. Welcome to Breezeline, where you'll say ta-ta, T-Mobile, because we have 99.9% network reliability, and they don't. That's right. Time, weather, or even streaming in a basement won't affect our superior service. That's because we have real internet, backed by our fiber-powered network. And T-Mobile? Well, they just have a 5G cellular network. So for a limited time, find your perfect speed with prices starting at $19.99 a month for 24 months. Terms
2: and conditions apply. Go to Breezeline.com to learn more.
0: I will often think, oh, don't say that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So let you know, this is, I think this is good. So what are some examples? uh, I know you're not trying to be negative about it, but it's just, you have to point out things that maybe could be said better in your yoga tourism. So maybe some examples.
0: Yeah, well, in general, um, a lot of yoga teachers, especially when they're newer, they say too much. So one thing Mm. that I like to coach, um, and if I, you know, I mentor a couple of yoga teachers informally who are in the community here who are newer. And one thing is just say less, say the least amount of cues possible so that the student can get what they're supposed to do and then have an experience in their own body. So if you tell them to do something and then you keep giving cues, reach your fingers out longer, feel this you know, here. So that's a simple example. Um, The way you use your voice. There's something called yoga voice. I don't know if you've ever heard it. If you <laughs> yeah. come into a class and it's like now we're going to. <laughs> and I mean, sure, there are a few people who do speak that way naturally and they shouldn't change, yeah. but often it's this affected. I'm going to create a comp, So I tell people be yourself, Yeah. Um, so slow things down, lots of pauses. And also, um, you know, we all have a natural range of register in our voice. And if you can find this kind of, I call it slow and low, when you come into yoga class, for example, let's all find a comfortable seat and just let them hear you and absorb what you're saying without going too fast, without um, bringing it into that almost anxiety inducing register. I have gone to classes, um, this is rare, but it does happen, where, and there are some chain yoga places that kind of like this vibe where it's like a lot of driving music and the teacher's like lift your leg as high as you can go for it ladies you can do it and i'm like oh no (laughs) this is not you know i i want to i want to chill in my yoga class even if it's exerting even if my muscles are going to feel it the next day i don't want to like feel intensity up in my chest so that's another thing that i share some of the things people say um i would question like you know lift your leg as high as you can that's a simple thing to modify. I say, lift your leg a little or maybe a little more, whatever feels good to you. So a lot of it is about um, inclusive language and using language that makes people understand that this is their practice and not offering um, options as lesser than, like if you can't do that, do this. It's like, you might try this, you might lift your arms over your head, giving people options in a way that doesn't make them judge themselves. So it's a lot of different things. I could go on for this. On, on this <laughs> I could tell. Hours.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Lots of opinions about
2: this. Yeah. Topic. No, I, I think it's good. It's, again, for me, it's, it's another entry into this um, universe of yoga and the exploration of different aspects of it. It's funny to me, like I interview a lot of yoga instructors I have and some of the quote unquote, I would say largest like influencer yoga instructors on YouTube and stuff. They struggle speaking which is interesting they have a huge following but they struggle with discussing themselves or their practice or that so that's why i mentioned about that because i think there's a real opportunity uh, this is that this is
0: this is true and it's more common than you think and it's really challenging for people to present when they feel like they're performing Mm. and Absolutely. What you're describing is so common. So as I said early on, one of the first things I disabuse people of is the notion that there should be any shame or that they're unusual. A lot of people think they're kind of broken or not good enough, or they're worried that it will be discovered that they're nervous. So I kind of let them know right away that it is totally common to be nervous. If you're nervous, it means you're human. And what's normal about getting in front of a group of people and asking <laughs> them to like what you're doing? I mean, really nothing.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's actually a very vulnerable position to be in. Or the, I've done vulnerable. a lot of public speaking in my life and I'm doing some next week. And I'm always like, yeah, this is always something that feels very unnatural. Um, but something that if you've done it enough over time, you, you, you get in a rhythm for it, but it certainly doesn't feel like a normal thing to do with people.
0: It isn't. And vulnerability is actually a very key word. I mean, a lot of, a lot of folks, um, will demonstrate that they're feeling vulnerable in different ways. As I said, there are those speakers, it's probably fewer than 20% who will say to me right out of the bat, like, I'm nervous. Do you have any, you know, Mm. tips for nervous speakers? And I'm like, oh yeah, you're in the right place, you know? But a lot of speakers will, will act like they're fine. But I see it in other ways, like they get really cranky um, <laughs> see it sometimes. And this isn't this isn't a fair stereotype necessarily. But sometimes the more senior a person is, the less likely they are to say, you know, I'm nervous, but what they'll say is like this slide isn't right. And I'm like mm, <laughs> slide that you approved. you know. <laughs> so that's one of the things I tell people never to say from stage is this isn't the right slide because. Yeah chances are it is the right slide. And your audience doesn't wanna hear that something isn't right. It actually makes you look off your game. So right. it's one of the kind of like top tips I have is if something doesn't look right when you're up there, don't mention it. Don't, don't say, oh, those lights are bright or don't yeah. say, um, and you know, and then some, and of course I give them the things to do as well to look confident, but that vulnerability, you don't want to show it to the audience, but definitely feel free if you're working with a coach to say, yeah, I'm not sure how to how to look good out there. And we, we have lots of ways we can help.
2: Yeah, no, no, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's a lot of, um, I will say actionable things here uh, that people can take home, because I mean, I feel like more and more people are trying to get their message out, unlike a, whether it's through social media, and I know it's not. Well, let's look at it this way. A lot of people are doing video. Right. So in a sense, it's some form of public speaking. You're speaking to the public, getting your message out there about your brand, whatever. And I wonder how that is progressing in our society, because it's no longer just a space for someone in a huge conference room or a ballroom. It is these individual public speaking moments through these platforms, which I think is transforming how we see each other through all of this video that we're getting from different people and i think a lot of people don't really think about how they come across in these videos they just like blah you know
0: yes e- and either that or they are think they have to be a certain way and they show up and are not their, their authentic self so one of the yes. things i work with people is to clear the table of any idea they had about like i need to be really energetic come <laughs> <Good laughs> on let's talk about
2: this is the greatest deal ever <laughs>
0: yeah at the same time i work with speakers who are so afraid to get out of that small box that they will um they'll do a few things one is they will speak very rapidly um and not to be gendered about it but often women i i work with to say take up time take up space it's okay to slow down and let your audience often people will of any gender will will start to get really fast, almost like I don't want to take up your time, so I'm just going to tell you this Mm. real fast. And it just makes your audience feel kind of anxious and also like you're not certain of your message. So those are the kinds of things that I help people to be to speak like they would speak to a friend. It's hard to do when you have this notion of like I have to put on a show. Yeah. um, So it's about, first of all, finding low stakes opportunities. If I'm working with somebody who's trying to develop this as a discipline, um, low stakes opportunities, you know, a friendly podcast. Yeah. uh, That's not in front of 10,000 people yet. (laughs) (laughs) Doing something for nonprofits that you care about. It can be, you know, it really just depends on your topic and your industry and what you're talking about. But, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get, as you've probably
1: experienced
0: mm-hmm. and then different contexts. Like I t- teach yoga and when I first was teaching yoga, I noticed I was feeling nervous and it was thanks thanks to a yoga practice and doing this for a living. I I kind of looked at it um, almost in an amused way. I was like, oh my goodness, look at me because I'm in a new setting, yeah. feeling a little nervous about this and realizing the key is just do it more. and do it in <laughs> places where there's a friendly audience and Once you start getting that feedback or somebody smiles or you see people enjoying themselves, it it immediately kind of takes the stakes down. In a social media environment that can be tricky because it's you and your iPhone on a tripod. And um, I think the key is again, don't, you know, don't do one take, do a couple, get comfortable, do some breathing techniques. So whether you're uh, going to be recording a video or getting in front of a group, The first thing you can do is right before you're going to hit record, give yourself a couple of minutes to settle into this place and this setting and what you're about to do. A moment of gratitude is amazingly helpful, like, oh, wow, I'm so lucky I get to do this rather than, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to do this well. (laughs) I'm so lucky. So reframe and then take a big breath in through your nose. Let it fall out of your mouth. Do that two or three times and you will instantly begin to feel a little more calmer, a little more grounded um, and a little more in touch with mind body. So, um, yeah, and I'd love to talk about that a little if we could yeah. about how you can change your breath to change your mind. Um, and if you took one big idea away from this as a speaker, as somebody who's doing you know recordings for social media, you can change your breath to change your mind and what this is about is so let's say in any given moment i'm feeling anxious i'm feeling moody i'm feeling you know i don't like the conversation i just had or the way someone looked at me or drove near me or whatever it is you know we find ourselves in these moments where it would be helpful to shift it up or maybe we're about to take stage or do an interview on a podcast the thing to understand is that it's not just our mind in charge of our body. It's easy to think that, oh, if I'm nervous, my whole body is being told by my brain to be nervous. And that is true, but it's only half of the truth. The other half is that your body can tell your brain how to feel. And this is kind of new to a lot of people. It was new to me when I learned it. And when you could look this up, it has to do with what's called an afferent and an efferent Mm -hmm. pathway. So basically there are two pathways. One is our brain telling our bodies, you know, I feel this way and the other one which is equally powerful is our body telling our brain you know what we're sensing and the biggest thing we can do to shift that if we'd like to shift it is to use the diaphragm and the vagus nerve through a simple breath technique i just shared and some others to basically tell our brain i'm okay so by breathing in this intentional way and what i just described is called the physiological sigh and you can look this up they've been researching it at Stanford they do credit it back to yoga basically it's taking a full breath in through your nose and then exhaling through the mouth completely and when we do this there's an instant exchange of carbon dioxide and oxygen that's really helping us a great deal we have um, invited the vagus nerve, which, trans, uh, which passes through the diaphragm. So when we invite that fuller breath into the belly, we're massaging the vagus nerve and telling the whole nervous system that everything is okay. So we can change our breath to change our minds. And if, if I were gonna write one thing down on a sticky note to remember as a speaker, it would be that. So when in doubt, just break glass and have a, have a few breaths.
2: I love it. I love all the, uh, the tips and the wisdom. What's interesting interesting? Sometimes people come on and they're like very hesitant to give a lot of that type of stuff. It's interesting to me. So it's always like, well, go to this resource or check out this book. And I love that you're just like, I'm just going to put it out there for you. I think that's I'm amazing. I'm happy to put
0: it out there. Everybody, everybody needs this. And as I said, I believe it makes the world a better place when we share this. The other simple, um, simple technique. If you've ever done a yoga class you know that in a sun salutation we yeah. inhale the arms up and exhale the arms down that's an oversimplification yeah. but um if you're not a yogi you can think of this as a standing snow angel so i i have speakers who don't have a yoga practice we don't talk about sun salutations but a standing snow angel or a standing snow breath uh, sun breath if you're you know Prior to speaking backstage, you could go to the the restroom to do this if you're embarrassed, but I'm not. We (laughs) inhale the arms up and exhale the arms down. And it has kind of the same effect. It brings your attention to your breath. If you tune in and notice where you feel that inhalation in below the ribs toward the belly, you're really inviting the diaphragm in. And a few movements like that can be very grounding. And in um, the book, yoga for public speaking, which is available on Amazon Kindle, it's these techniques and more and how to put them together into a simple practice, either before you're speaking, or even as a daily practice, maybe you don't have a regular practice. And you're like, what if I want to do five minutes of meditation and breath and movement? Um, What would that look like? So, yeah, I'm happy to share.
2: That's wonderful. What's been what was the most moving or impressive speaking experience that you've witnessed?
0: I had a speaker for one of those events with 10,000 people in the audience. And he was a really sweet person who um, I'd been assigned to. And he was super, super nervous, like super nervous. I was worried about it, actually. You know, I don't get worried too often. I (laughs) can usually, but this guy was like, (laughs) he was, yeah. And during even rehearsals, he was kind of, Getting up in that higher register, yeah. and um, the day before the event, I made sure to bring him into the uh, ballroom where, where we were going to rehearse, so that he could see all those chairs. And if he were if he was going to have a panic attack, I didn't want it to happen the day of. So, um, kind of fast forwarding, he did great. We we did all the things that we've been talking about. I let him know that it was normal. You know, absolutely, people who have his skill set had succeeded here. Just do what I asked you to do. You'll be fine. And he did great. I was in the back of the room, like cheering him on. I'm always in the back of the room, like, you know, the stage mom. I'm like, yeah, yes, go for it. And he was very happy. And then a year later, he was attending the event and one of his employees was speaking and I got a text from him and he said, I'm in the room. Can we say hi? And I said, sure. And I went over and and, um, met him and he said, I just want to know what you to know that your help really changed my life
1: Mm. that i
0: never thought i could do this and you showed me in a really accessible and that meant so much to me even more than like getting paid nicely to do it to know that someone had made this big elevation in their career because often people are coming to one of these events at a time when they've just stepped into a bigger role and that that it had really helped him and had relieved his anxiety and made him um better. So that was probably, when I think of success stories, that's my favorite one.
2: Oh, that's nice. What about anyone that you haven't worked with? Maybe you just went to see casually or something and you thought that was a really a great speech or a great presentation. Um,
0: well, I mean, this is almost cliche and I'm going to pull the book off the shelf here, but pull there's it off. one speaker above all others who Oh I man. Tell my, I tell my, my um, clients to go watch videos. Barack Obama is an amazing speaker and that is not a surprise to anybody, but no what's surprise. Really, right. You, but if you watch his videos as not as somebody who's like listening, even for the content, but like, what's he doing, you can watch his presentations and go like, wow, that was a really long pause. So he does specific, spe- excuse me, specific things that I'll point speakers to. Like, I want you to watch this five minute video from 10 years ago, but just, I want you to only notice the pauses. And every time I watch this man speak, I'm like, wow. I mean, I don't know of anybody who does it better. Mm. So in terms of like absolute maestro of public speaking techniques and politics aside, um, I happen to be a big fan of him. Sure, I'm a Chicagoan, like, you know, true blue. But the the way that Barack Obama speaks could be used as the basis for a whole college class on public speaking alone.
2: Wow, really? That's oh, amazing. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. The pauses, the rhythm. So I, I get into like the rhythm of your voice yeah. and how you vary your tones, how you speed up and slow down. Like a good speech should be like a kind of like a movie. It's not all yeah. one pace. you you got chase scenes and love scenes and all the, <laughs> the variation. He does it all like he you know and i think it's partly became, because he came up in the black church where oration is an absolute like people Correct. are just amazing and he took all of that into this realm that where it hadn't been fully um exploited before and really used these skills in a way that you just want to listen to the man so yeah,
2: yeah i i always find whenever he speaks it's just mesmerizing to me and it's it really is not only just him as a person just the delivery you know when someone how someone moves the crowd delivers something it's just some people are fluent in that they just another, command it you know
0: another big insight and in this this book is actually a good example because it's the text and the text alone doesn't do it like if you read mm. one of his speeches you're like it's <laughs> kind of weird actually the, the way the syntax he but it's because of his delivery, it needs to be different. Like it's not prosaic. It's not boring. It's not banal. He is, he, he takes these pauses and tells a story. And anyway, like that's, yeah, if people are like, who should I listen to? There's one answer.
2: You know, I, I, it's so funny. You mentioned that. And I was like, yeah, that, that seems obvious now that I think about it, you know, it's truly amazing. Wow. This has been chock full of information, uh please let everyone know margie and thank you for being on how they could connect with you just learn more about what you're up to
0: yeah my website is well you can go to marginewman.com um just my name or y4ps yoga for public speaking um shortened to y4ps.com and you can find some of these ideas some video uh the book is available on amazon kindle it is called yoga for public speaking uh, by me and there's a there's an e-course on kajabi that Y4PS can send you to um, if people are interested in actually going through. It's it's about uh, six modules that take you through breath, movement, meditation techniques that speakers can use.
2: Wonderful. Thank you so much, Margie. It's uh, very enlightening, very enlightening. I really appreciate your time, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, seriously.
0: Thank you. It's my pleasure, and thanks for the great questions.
1: You got it. So, how does it feel when you play Roll Up to Win with Tim Hortons? Buy a hot or cold beverage using the Tim's app and find out. Roll in the app for a chance to win prizes ranging from free coffee and donuts to a Universal Orlando resort vacation or a sweet car. Oh, don't forget the TV. And this year, every roll is a shot at a $1,000 daily giveaway drawing for two $500 prizes. Roll Up to Win and get treated by Tim's. No purchase necessary. Account registration required. 50 U.S. and D.C. 18 plus. Enter by 4223. See rules at RollUpToWin.com for free entry of full details. Void in Florida and where prohibited.